And we're back with episode five of Vicarious with Daniel Signorelli and Charlie Ellers. This one is going to be an absolute doozy. We are going to be discussing some pretty controversial and funny stories and topics around young men and steroid use, what to do if your partner lets themselves go in a long-term relationship, most ridiculous reasons that a girlfriend has ever been pissed off at us, open relationships, and how do we know when it's more than just a hookup? Tune in as we share stories and go into all the details vicarious. Alrighty, so kicking things off, we're currently recording this New Year's Eve, but when you, you'll be listening to this on New Year's Day. So Happy New Year, everybody. Um, hope you've enjoyed the first five episodes of the show, and I hope you're not too hungover this morning. Charlie, how's, how's 2023 been for you, brother? It's been a... Are you you're doing all right over there? Mate, I'm hanging in. No, it's, it's been a revolutionary year. I've loved it. It's been few ups and downs but good progression i've had fun you know experienced a lot of things how's uh so what's been the highlight of the year so far would you say highlight of the year is just aside from watching my evolution watching my growth from the start of the year um to now in terms of you know personal life business things have headed in the right direction for me the hard work that i've spent a lot of time you know, doubting myself, wondering if anything was going to work out. Things have come to fruition, and that's one of the best feelings in the world. Um, that feeling yeah. of progress and having fun along the way. A lot in, can change in a year, right? A lot, look at a where lot you were can, last year. Look at where I was last year. Like living yeah. in London, miserable, fucking cold. Yeah. Coming out of a breakup. Exactly. I mean, now I'm sitting in a villa in Bali by the pool recording this, you know, with the anticipation of a big night ahead of us here in uh, Ubud. Um, and just yeah. like also future prospects look great it's just the feeling of business coming along well over there yeah I mean you know the future is looking good and it's exciting it makes me want to work harder so with that comes you know play harder as well you've got to balance it right yeah absolutely absolutely what have we got on the agenda for tonight New Year's Eve we hit the town see yeah. Puri Garden which is like a yeah. nice up, up market hostel We'll hit a hostel, see what the atmosphere's like there. Take it from there. Ubud isn't necessarily known for its, its partying, but I just couldn't hack a th- $300 to $400 ticket to go to a New Year's Eve event in Changu. Just out of sheer principle. Well, I mean, I've done it before. <laughs> I've done it before. Not in, Ch- not in Changu specifically, but you're right. It's like you can already, you've got the foresight to be like, it's going to be an average yeah. night of it. I place myself in the future a day from now and future Daniel is going to be like, why the fuck did you just spend 3 million rupiah to get into an event and then spend another 2 million actually enjoying it? <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And then get asked for free drinks. <laughs> asked for people to pay for your drinks. drinks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we used to steal drinks. Still people's drinks. I mean, that, that was, um, that's a money-saving technique. Those were the good old days. I don't recommend, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Not to win yeah. friends and influence people. I would say highlight of my year. Cheers for asking as well, by the way, uh, Mr. I don't know if she cares. Yeah, it doesn't sound like... You. I didn't ask. Te- conversations are usually two-way street. <laughs> Not with me right now. Okay. Man. So, yeah, no, 2023 was a big one. Um, left London and, you know, middle of the year I was... Love and life. We had a, I had a great trip, Euro trip, mid-year. But I would say highlight of the year was f- like creating an opportunity for myself mm, online. Mm, yeah. I think that was like, because I was treading water for a fucking minute in London. Had no clue what I was doing. Working miserable hours in a restaurant. And yeah, like honestly see 2024 as being 
even better, I think, in terms of growing within this role. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to, to be in this exact position in a year's time and reflecting on how that's evolved and how, yeah. you know, how that goes. Um, my plan, sort of big plans for the next year in terms of travel. My plan is to do two months kind of in each place I go to, if possible. Yeah, because you don't uh, want to just bounce around from one place no. to the next, not stop. Absolutely you don't really not. get to embrace the culture or anything. And it's just exhausting, really. I mean, people go on it. I think a month is too little. I think two months. So if you can do six places a year, six like countries, it's a great, it's an ideal amount of time. Ideal, ideal sort of amount of time in each in each place. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you really I, get to scope out the land and. Yeah, I mean, look, we're going to Lombok in a few weeks. We're going to check that out. Um, mix it up a little bit. We've been in Ubud nearly well, up end of September. So no, end of October I got here, um, and so it's been about three months now. So yeah. I think yeah, Ubud's been great. Really enjoyed it, but I think something different. A bit of an island vibe. Um, and you're going home next week. I'm going home for a bit. Yep, got to renew that right visa. It's over, guys. Three days. I think I must survive. I think I'll survive. But Mate, you'll be fine. You hang in there. What are you going to be doing when you get back? Yeah, so just see family mainly. That's kind of the biggest thing. Um, pretty close with my family. So it'll be good to catch up with them, um, do the rounds, bring a bit of gear back here for you know content creation, podcasting. Shit like that. Absolutely. We got some exciting things coming next year. Hopefully, we're going to start putting the wheels in motion. Um, Not hopefully, definitely. Yeah, definitely going to be putting some things in motion next year. Um, And then there will be another month in Lombok. So Lombok's going to be exciting. I love the water. I love being by the beach. Um, So that's going to be so good. Um, Yeah, we'll probably meet some people, see where we go, see what kind of characters we run into there's always characters that you meet when you travel and the other night we were out with people that we just met um there's about seven of us and obviously with the seven people you're ordering a lot of food the bill comes it's a big it's a decent chunk it's a big bill and at the end of when it's time to pay who's taking care of that bill you know yeah well they didn't split the bill at this place that was the thing so someone had to pay and it's always a bit awkward because you pay the bill for like eight people that you've just met and actually trying to chase them up after that is the most awkward thing ever. Yeah, especially you, when you've just met them and you're trying to build rapport and have some fun. You don't want to seem like you're just, you know, a cheap cunt, but also yeah. you also want the money for it because you realise that if you probably don't get it then and there, you're not going to ever get it because you might not see these people again. That's the thing. Like when it's 20 bucks, when it's 20 bucks, I can let it slide. But when it's like 150 bucks, yeah, you I need mean, to chase like everyone for 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah. So then you need to chase everyone for 20 bucks. Yeah. And to them, they're like, God, this guy's cheap. Why exactly. Is he 20 bucks? But it's like, you're doing it with eight people. So yeah. it's like, it's, it ends up, yeah, it's, it's a bit annoying. I mean, it's more annoying than anything because you don't have to be constantly chasing people up. And then I find that this happens all the time when you're staying in hostels and whatnot. If you have a big dinner with everybody and then there's only they don't split the bill and there's just one guy chasing up mm, like 20 there's people there's feel bad for one. that guy no it's usually not me <laughs> <laughs> I usually try and hit the bathroom around that time but... <laughs> yeah. how's Katarina going she's she's still in the f- still in the frame or I uh, got... 
<laughs> What's happening there? Actually, you know what? We you had a conversation. Me... Okay, so we had a conversation the, the other day, like me and Katarina. Hang on, wait. So just to go, give you guys an idea. Charlie was meant to go to Gilly Tea with this girl for like three days. And now it's, she's basically it's like radio silence. So. Yeah, so what's going on? What's happening on? there? Yeah, so basically we had, like we had a chat the other day. It basically went like she, she's 29 years old. We're the same age. She's at the stage in her life where she's ready to settle down with Mr. Right. She's ready to... She, her words are, I don't do one night stands. I don't sleep around. She anymore. Sings, yeah, anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, anymore. But with you. With you, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bet you if Brad Pitt asked her to fucking go home with him, maybe she would let that one slide. Yeah. But it's funny because, like, obviously we were intimate very quickly like this time last year yeah we like before i even had this conversation she's getting very deep in conversation with me asking me like you know how many kids do you want what kind of what is your what do you want your life to look like in five years time and i love those questions because it shows that she's a thinker and it shows that you know she is somewhat serious but it but it's like i don't know if i'm ready to give up my freedom and my trajectory right now in terms of everything i'm focusing on to be with someone, especially when they live on the other side of the world. It would, would be more effort than it's worth in my mind. So am I ready to have kids in the next three years, which is what she wanted? Probably not. Um, Where did you leave it? Because you were meant to go on a little Christmas She vacay. didn't end up going. Okay. I didn't. And now I, I said, look, probably not. And she didn't. What's she, she doing tonight? Going. I could ask her. But you then... But then I but you're committed to that the rest of the night. Yeah, that's, that's the a, thing. That's quite, that, your, your funds will be tied up in that bond for <laughs> 24 hours. Yeah, my, <laughs> what, my freedom fund. Your freedom, the freedom bond. Yeah, yeah. The, it's tied up. Yeah, exactly. So, um, okay. So th- it's not to say if like the right person came along, I wouldn't do that. But in terms of convenience and lifestyle, she's definitely looking for something more serious than what I'm ready for And right you f- I find that is so, like, prominent now. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with this, right? But girls being our age, you know... But I will say, but I will say, it's maybe just a sign that she's not the specific person for me right now. You're just not that into her, so... I'm just not that in. yeah. <laughs> just not that into her. So that's Great the- film. Great film, by the way. Um... I find it's very standard procedure now. Like, I mean, look, girls our age, twenty nine, they're looking to for the next their next boyfriend to be husband, and then, you know, if you back if you're working backwards and say you want kids at thirty two, and you well, you probably want to be married or at least meet your be in a serious relationship um, for like two years with that person before you want to have kids with them, and then so that really just means you're going to meet someone in the next twelve months that's going to tick those boxes. I think for people, for us and where we're at, you know, it's kind of the... It's really why we tend to skew towards the... I mean, for me anyways, I'm talking... It's like towards the younger side just because of where we're at in our lives currently. Now, that's not to say that there's anything wrong with that. Um, you know, looking for that next person to be, be husband, to be a hubby, to be daddy. Um, but, yeah, that's probably... Like, you know, Katerina... Five years ago, we probably 
it would be a very different story as to as to right now. Mm. Well, she's interesting though because her story is like she's been in a relationship for the last nine years. She's only been single Holy for like a year. Shit. Yeah, so and she, she wants to get back on the horse. Well, I mean, yeah, she said, you know, like she says that yeah, she doesn't. She's not interested in one night stands yeah. at all. Well, it's not it's a one-night stand because you've already had sex. <laughs> that's the funniest part. That's, I know. That's what gets me is that you've already got together. Yeah, but no, she's, when she said like, that, she wasn't directing that at me. She was just okay. saying that's the kind of girl she is. I'm not that type of girl. Yeah, I'm not type of, yeah but I've heard that before anyway. Um, um, yeah, no, totally. But I, get, I understand it. I like, completely understand where she's coming from. You know, she wants to be a mum at some point. She said she would like to be a mum within, the, like, by the time she's thirty-three. Okay. Um, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's great. Um, no, totally. I mean, an interesting conversation we were having with um, good friend of our good friend of the show, Gabrielle Simmons, uh, who will be on the next episode. The prospect of open relationships. Now, open relationships being the solution to. Monogamy and the f- fucking pitfalls of monogamy, really. And regardless of how you feel about it, the statistics are there, okay? It doesn't matter if you think that, oh, but I know a very happy marriage that have been married 40 years. Yeah, okay, you might do. I'm not saying that's not the case. But interesting stats coming out saying that, yes, one in two marriages are ending in divorce, but it goes even further than that to say one in... Of those 50% left, half of those aren't in happy marriages. They're, they're together for, for the kids. So yeah. one in five relationships. So she one in four. No, I think, sorry, I correct myself. So out of the remaining 50% that aren't divorced, it was more than half of those. I think it was like 60% of those were in unhappy relationships, which left, mm. which was, which were left about twenty percent of all relationships, you know, surveyed. I mean, this is this is a study, so it's not perfect, but it's giving you a rough sample size that we're in happy relationships, happy yeah. marriages. Well, based on what those numbers, five? yeah, based on those numbers, it's like starting a business. You know, like the odds are against you to begin with. You've got to really make it work. If you know you're going to get it off the ground, like most businesses don't make it past like yeah. five years. Everyone or thinks they're not going to be a statistic. Yeah, they think they're the exception every time. So of course, no, I mean, naturally, a, you go into a relationship. You're not especially when you're in love, you get into yeah. the honeymoon phase. It's like it lures you in massively. Yeah, absolutely, and some for some relationships, the honeymoon phase is ex- extremely long. Yeah. Um, because let's say you only see each other once every two weeks, for whatever reason. Well, that honeymoon phase is going to stretch out a hell of a lot longer than somebody that's seeing their boyfriend or girlfriend every day. Um, Mm. You know, Mm. so, like, and I'm not saying that being open is, like, the solution. It's just one of an option that I'm more uh, open to, should I say. You're open to... I'm more open to being open. Yeah. Um, But I think that comes with... You have to really define those boundaries straight off the bat. You can't go from a monogamous relationship into an open relationship. It needs to be open from the beginning. Yeah, because the person who brings it up is going to be in the shit. Hey, just so you know, I'm just I'm feeling like we should be open. Oh, okay, cool, right. And also, the girl, if the girl and the guy are completely different levels of terms of attractiveness, that's a big thing. So if the girl is way hotter than the guy, then them two being open 
is a really unfair situation. Even if they're equally attractive, it's going to be completely skewed. Like, the girl is always going to pull more than the guy. And that's assuming that she's going out every time and, and, you know, getting with someone new. I think in terms of if I've given it any thought, I would say that the way that the most optimal way for this to work as an open relationship would be that you would attend, like, parties where at that that specific night. Yeah. So that night you both get with someone strange, Mm. a stranger, at the same party and you leave together. Yeah, I think if you were to do open, that would, that would definitely only, be the way that it would work. I would say that would be the only way that it could work properly exactly. because you're both... It's almost transactional. Yeah. And there's no feelings or anything because that's where... You've know, both got the same end of the deal. Exactly. You know, it's not like you're having dinner in a Thursday night no. and then you, your missus just ducks out for the night. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Exactly. That's, that, that's, would be completely, that would be completely yeah, unfair. That would ruin your life. I think you need to... Yeah. But, you know, in a certain scenario where it's like a swap or like a, a party of that kind. Anyways, I'm not sure it's a solution, but I think monogamy is... I don't think, especially in the next 40 years, that monogamous relationships are going to be the norm. I honestly think that polyamorous, like more like fluid relationships are going to be more normalised. In fact, they're even being normalised now. Um, And just off my experience, like no matter how much you love or like the other person from the start, it could be like chemistry, like fireworks. There's always a point. There's always a point. It could be two years, five years, 10 years, 20, 30 years where it sort of like a diminishing returns in my opinion and this is potentially a controversial opinion so i'm happy to get any kind of pushback from that but do you on it do you think what do you think do you think monogamy is the answer do you think people do you think people think can get married scale. i think at scale uh like if you apply that to the masses no but like that's basic i'm basing that on statistics though um but look at for, our parents yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more common than not for people to separate and go, you know, or be unhappy in a relationship. But I'm so um, I'm actually grateful that they, you know, they didn't stay together just for us, because I would prefer them to be happy, even by themselves. Now that yeah, both of my that's parent- another thing that I think that a lot of parents misunderstands. Like, like as a parent, you want to see your child happy, so you think that being together for them in an unhappy relationship is going to have make a good impression on that child i disagree i think that for the for a child seeing your parents happy will give them the best outlook on life um so yeah i'm glad that my parents didn't stay together for that either i think there's sort of an age group age sort of limit where like i say like after you're 14 that you can be more happy for them but i think when you're little it's different like when you don't understand and that's sort of i mean I can understand why they would say, okay, well, let's wait until they're a bit older so they can understand why we're not together. But I would say, um, you know, I'm so, I'm way more grateful that they chose to split up. You know, they're both in relationships now. They seem happy, separated. And fuck, I'm more than happy that they're not together because if they, you know, because they, they weren't happy when they're together, clearly, obviously, they wouldn't have split up if they were. Yeah, exactly. You want to see them happy and you want them... It's also like your parents, as a, as a child, you model your parents. You don't listen to what they tell you, but you tend to do what they do. Like you model their behavior. 
And if you never see any affection in your parents at all, I think that's more damaging than seeing your parents split up, get with someone and show affection in a new relationship. I think it's far more damaging. I think it's far better for, for a child to see that. So yeah, I think that like in terms of the whole monogamy thing, I honestly don't know if I could do an open relationship unless it got to a point where it got stale and then you did agree that you know, yeah, it might be a good idea. So that's going from being monogamous to open. Well, maybe, we, yeah, okay, no, that's a good point. Maybe but discuss I mean, that's it not, before. That's not bad. If I'm on not the, that. In the case that things do go stale and we want to have that discussion, we can then talk about that openly within the relationship. Yeah. But I don't know if I could do, like... Well, yeah. I think that the best relationships are monogamous. They are monogamous. But then the again... The one in five that end I up know, making it. But then there's the okay. stat that contradicts... Yeah. I'm not saying you can't have a, be in a happy relationship, single, I mean, happy relationship with one person the rest of your life. They do exist. Of course they do. I'm just saying that, like, in a lot of instances that I'm, I can think of where people have been unfaithful or, you know, they haven't, there's no sex life anymore. Mm. It's just glorified roommates. I mean... Speaking from experience there, so I think... But I think that a massive contributing factor to that stat is that people don't know what to do and they don't know how to work in a relationship. They just get in... like that, And that's huge. Like, most people will get into a relationship... They'll fall into a relationship, right? They'll fall in love and then just continue it and hope for the best. They don't really... Yeah, you don't want to lose that person. Exactly. It's it's so normal. Like, trust me. I mean, we've all been there, right? Where you're with someone and you know it's not working anymore. And you yeah. just don't want to you face don't want to admit that. Yeah, but what if you had really good communication and you understood which levers to pull to make the relationship work and spark attraction and keep attraction and continue the courtship and continue that gone, masculine almost, feminine energy? It's very hard to get back. Yeah, but I, I, I think once once it once the spark is once the flame is out, extinguished, it's almost impossible to go back. I think you need to, from the beginning. So you're saying that an open situation would respark that then. I would say, no, I wouldn't because, I mean, potentially, but I've never been in that situation. But I'm just saying from the, from the outset, you need to have those from almost before it goes from seeing somebody to a girlfriend, boyfriend, you need to, from the beginning, be like, this is, what we're gonna, this is how we're going to make sure we don't hit that. We don't hit that mm. level. So it comes down to communication. Communica- yeah, of course. But it has to be start at the beginning and then you have to yeah. establish those parameters. I mean, I think... But, dude, most people don't know... Most people that contribute to these statistics don't know how to communicate properly in a relationship at all anyway. So that's why I'm saying like, that's from where my opinion is like, if you understand how to communicate, you understand how to maintain the attraction, work on the relationship, you become a, you have a power couple dynamic. How do you maintain attraction with the same chick for 40 years? You continue the courtship in the correct way. How is that possible for that long, that extended, that term, that lifespan? Yeah, you maintain physical intimacy I, multiple I just times don't per see week. It. I mean, but that's you okay. You take them on I'm, dates, you make them feel attractive. Yeah, you take them on dates, but I mean, like, I just. You make them yeah. want to feel attractive within themselves. You make them open yeah. up, talk about things, communication, masculine, yeah. feminine energy is I mean, that's really the important thing, to maintain. It's, like, it's easy to say that, but like. But, the, but the, I just mentioned like five things. Most people don't do one of those things. That's why I'm saying it's like a business. Yeah, most won't work, but some do, right? And the thing that I... The problem with the, that major statistic where 20% last is like most people think they're this, this statistic, but they're not prepared to do the work. 
I feel like if you communicate the effort that's going to... Like, the agreement is you're going to do the work. But at some point... Of course. You're and going know, to want I to veer off that, that track. Now. Absolutely. I'll go into the next one being completely aware of it, communicating from the beginning. Mm. Um, but I just think as people were naturally inclined to want to, you know, experiment with others. I don't know if we're that... We're the only species that, I mean, that are like, can actually think for themselves that are like monogamous. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I think, it's I th- if you ask me, I would hope to find one person and then live happily ever after. But if I'm being realistic with myself, like really honest with myself, I might be, I might be in a few marriages. I hope, you know, hopefully not. But you know what? I would prepare for that. That would be something that I would prepare for. Based on, because otherwise I'm being naive to the to the statistics. Uh, now I can do what I can to reduce those odds. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you're in a fairy tale, you want to be the you know Prince Charming and Cinderella and run off into the sunset together. The reality is, in the current climate that we live in, it's honestly it's becoming more difficult. Can it happen? Yes, and maybe it will for me. Maybe it will for you. Um, I'm just saying that if I meet somebody that's more open-minded I think like if you asked me this question five years ago could you be an overlaced if I say fuck no I think now I think I'd be more accepting of that depending on the on the, on the context but um, it actually leads into something really interesting so how do you know when a girl like how would you know when a girl is more than just a hookup how do you know there's potential like how do you know when she's girlfriend material this is a good question. Um, I think for me, like, it's definitely more than just the attraction. I feel like um, you kind of, the, part of you knows from day one, but then if, I think for me, it's like if you don't get sick of them, if you can continue hanging out with them and you, each time you see them, you become that even more attracted to them. I think They don't that, annoy you. They don't annoy every you. Every time, because that's <laughs> difficult, trust me. It actually is, yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I totally agree. It is. Yeah. And you just find them more and more attractive and you find them... Phys- you, the physical attraction remains. Like, there's an emotional bond there that you can, that you can feel and you can feel yeah. that they feel it as well. I think it's, yeah, for sure about wanting to see that person without any thought of sex. Yeah. So, for instance, there could be, you know, you've been hanging out a bit and you're not... Instead of just being like, let's hang out, go for dinner and come, you come back to mine, it's almost like... Hey, let's go for a fucking morning walk without any like anything where I just, I I just want to hang out with you. I don't care yeah. what certain what circumstances. I feel like if you can, if I can sit comfortably with someone in silence and have no expectation and do nothing and enjoy it, I think that's a good sign that like this is yeah. Or cuddling on the couch to watch Netflix without like even if they're always oh, my time of the month. Yeah, that's okay. Come come over. And we'll sit on the couch and watch a movie. And I don't... And that, like, that to me is just like... You're, you're open for this to progress into something more. Yeah. It's not just like a, a hookup or a physical thing. It's like, I want to... You know, I just want to be in your presence. A big one for me as well is like... If, if she's having problems, like issues or whatever... And she wants to voice them... I have utter patience with it. It's like, I don't mind if they... I can be completely empathetic and be like, yeah, tell, like, tell me how you're feeling. That must really suck. Not, 
dive in, try and fix the problem so we can move things forward. Not pretend to listen, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a major one for me. It's like, that's when I know that I'm actually like into someone, I think. Now, Charlie, this one's, uh, this one could be a little contro. Here we go, love but it. We're about that, vicarious. We're about, Let's we're be about a little contros. Here we go. So, you're dating a girl, things are going great. You, you know, push past that honeymoon period. You guys are on top of the world and you know she starts to not look as the same as she used to she's starting to <laughs> potentially put on put on weight oh uh, this topic yeah now, yeah, this yeah. doesn't just apply to girls okay so before we get fucking cancelled by yeah this isn't just you know, the feminist party of australia let's let's just track back this is applies to men as well okay so you know what what do you do when your partner the love of your life starts to let themselves go oh it's a hard one how do you address I, that i mean this did happen to me actually um, this happened to you did it yeah okay yeah <laughs> the last relationship that i was oh in. that one yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so, so what happened what happened was um <laughs> things were okay this is, this is gonna be long okay so th- i was seeing this girl for about 10 months before i decided to make it official um which in itself should have been a sign that I wasn't, I didn't actually see her as as much of a long-term partner as what I thought I did. Because with guys, you pretty much know very quickly if, if you're serious about someone. Um, anyway, so after that honeymoon phase began, it went for like, you know, a good four or five months. It was feeling great. And then, you know, she started to let herself go. Now, it's not like she became... She gained like 30 kilos or anything like that. So I'm going to get... I don't want to get cancelled for this. Dude. But like, it's just... It's the reality. If, Some people are going through this. Be, and I'm it doesn't to... matter if, if it's the truth. Fuck it. Yeah, it is the truth. If it's the truth, fuck it. Yeah. And I'm not editing this out. Yeah, good. Um, we don't edit anything out. We, we don't edit this podcast. <laughs> Fully unedited, raw, live podcast. Yeah. Unfiltered. Anyway, so... Yeah, it got to a point where she had put on quite a bit... So my attraction started to wane and that caused me to behave really differently around her. Um, She started to notice it and feel it. And I wanted to ignore the fact and try and bury the fact that I wasn't attracted to her anymore. Now, did I still love her? Absolutely. Would I still care for her and treat her as if, you know, we're in a relationship? Absolutely. But one of the core elements to a relationship is attraction, you know, physical intimacy and if that's not there, then you're basically glorified friends. 100%. And at, and at the time, we were, it was like glor- being a glorified housemate. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it was, you Chaz. know, the judgment. And I remember telling this story to some of my friends when we were out to dinner. And the, peop- the girls at the table next to me overheard the conversation and walked away and gave me the, like, flipped me off. <laughs> so That's I was a misogynist huge. pig at the time. But Yeah, for some hey. reason, if your girlfriend puts on 20 kilos and you want to have a conversation about that, you're misogynistic. I mean, that's no, absolutely honestly not. ridiculous. I no, think, we're being real here. I think, you know, at the end of the day, there's a way to go about it. Look, there's, there's a way to go about it and there's a way not to go about it. Now, if your significant other or you yourself, you're putting, if you, if you date, start dating somebody and they're signing up for package A and all of a sudden you 
for no reason start gorging on junk food and eating a shit ton of food and putting on 20 kilos, she is well within her right to sit you down and say, hey, what's happening here? Yeah, exactly. You know, because and, it's and for your own well-being. Time. It's not just physical. It's, a, yeah, it's, exactly. a, it's, your, it's, your, inter- it's your own health. Right? That becomes like the power couple dynamic thing that I mentioned earlier. It's like you want to be growing together in the right direction, in upwards and onwards direction, right? So like I saw that whole situation as, okay, she's either become complacent or maybe I'm not doing enough to make her feel attractive so she doesn't feel the need to do it. But at the end of the day, um, I was doing everything that I could and it got to the point where I had to have the conversation, which was the shittest thing to have to do as a, you know, as someone in a, in a relationship that I saw serious. So he basically just went, hey, like, I know we're not really where I think we should be in terms of intimacy. I'm feeling a bit distant. She's like, yeah, no, like, what's the problem? You know, I've been really struck. She even said, like, I've been really struggling with my appearance and everything. Like, it's a really big insecurity of mine. And so she mentioned that was the trigger point for her. And then for me to be like, well, that's the problem. You know, that's, it was like a kick in the guts Truth for her. Truth hurts sometimes, hey. It was, re- it was like a kick in the guts for her. She, she kind of went on the tangent of how could you, you know that's a sore spot for me. How could you possibly... So would you, should you rather you just not say a thing and yeah. ignored her for the next three months every time she makes an advance and, make, and break up with her? Yeah. Or where you do the adult thing like you did, which I think I, I mean... Personally, you know, that's something that a lot of people wouldn't even do, but you went and go, you went, look, this is, this is the problem. Let's try and fix it. What's wrong with that? I think that is the most adult, mature thing to do. The worst thing to do would be to pretend everything's perfect and then, you know, fucking break up with her three months later and then she's like, well, what was the problem? Well, you've addressed the problem. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm addressing it early so then it doesn't have to come to that, that end. But unfortunately, the problem didn't really go away. It just... If anything, it got worse because she became emotional about it. And maybe her eating was like a, a coping mess, an emotional coping mechanism. Um, but again, we did everything, I did everything I could to make her feel comfortable, make her empowered to, on this journey. But look, it just wasn't enough. And I think if I am at the point in a relationship where I feel like I'm trying to change someone, it's just not the relationship for me. No. I don't want to have to do that to people. Like, I think for me, when I'm in a relationship, I'm almost overcompensating. I want to be even in better shape than when we started. Because if you're dating a hot girl, okay, she's going out with her mates for dinner on a night out, going to be approached left, right and centre. Let's be honest here. Yes, I share this same mindset. So I want to be a trophy if she's being approached by guys... I want her to be like, yeah, this is my boyfriend. This is what my boyfriend looks like. Go away. So I want her to almost want to show me off. The last thing I want to do is what a lot of guys do when they secure a hot girl is let themselves go. All of a sudden that cut, that diet that they were on doesn't matter and they've got the girl. They see the girl as the achievement. And once they have the achievement, oh, thank, you know, you've yeah. got it. No, the courtship never ends. This is why guys yeah. become complacent and wonder what the fuck went wrong. 100%. And so another thing is, is that you as a male, you know, assertive, assertively address the situation. I think females typically won't say anything to their male um, counterparts, that they won't say anything to their, their, their partners. 
Some will, some will, which we've come to learn, but some won't. And what they'll do is they'll let this thing where if they, they, they stop being attractive to, attracted to their boyfriends and slowly, 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 it'll manifest itself into being more open to in, entertaining conversations from other men. Exactly. And yeah. this is the slippery slope where start, slowly, slowly, you'll see that they'll start potentially emotionally cheating, entertaining conversations from strange men or guys at work. They're getting attention from guys at work that are attractive, in shape. And the guy who's at home thinking everything's okay, thinking everything's hunky-dory, you know, maybe they haven't, you guys haven't had sex in a while, but maybe it's just in his head. He's like, oh, no, it's fine. Well, she's lost the attraction. And she would never do that. Yeah, she would never do that. And now she's, you know, entertaining some guy at work who's in her orbit every day. Now, that is all too common. I've seen that. I've, now, I'm going to share. I've been that guy, you know, been the guy on the other side where I've been single and the girl's got a boyfriend, and, you know, You've been that guy that she's seeking comfort from because yeah, her boyfriend at home guy. has let himself fucking go, but she's not going to address it because typically girls won't say that because they think it's wrong to say that, but on the side, they're fucking doing a worse thing. So honestly, I think what you did was completely fine and I probably would have handled it myself the exact same way. Um, and conversely to that, if I get into a relationship with a girl and... I put on 10 kilos. I would expect somebody that is invested in my health, invested in my success to pull me up on that and say, hey, pull your head in. What's going on? Why have you stopped working out? Why have you stopped eating right? Why Mate, have you- I'd happily do that. I'd happily be the guy to call you out. I think it's good to call, hold your mates accountable. I think that's what good That's what good guy mates, mates do. do. Girls won't yeah. do that. Girls, girl mates won't do that. Guys, guy mates will. So, you know, we'll be a bit more brutal with each other. Mm, but typically girls won't pull each other up and say, hey, girl, why haven't you been hitting that 7 a.m. class anymore? Or why haven't you been running more? They won't do that. Oh, no way. Right? So whilst, you know, we're in, a situ- we're in an era where we're, you know, encouraging everything. Everything's great. Everything's perfect. I think realistically, I would like to be around people that would pull me and be like, look, I'm, I'm invested in you. What, what's happening? Why is it that you're not working out as much in these days? Why have you let yourself go? Why, you know, we naturally fly. How can we help? How can is I there help? anything I can help you to not continue with that? But, le- but look, we naturally fluctuate, you know, a little bit. So you'll go through phases of being super healthy, fit, ripped. You might go on a, you know, might stop drinking for a month. And then there might be another month where we're partying every day and we put on a few kilos. That's normal. But when you start going above that, that range, that's when you expect a mate to step in. Well, we, the thing is we fall to the level of our standards. So we don't rise to the level of our potential. We fall to the level of our, of our standards. So if your standard is, uh, you know, you got five kilos of adipose tissue that you might not want to be there. It's not too bad. But if, you're, if your standards are like, over, like more, you know, obese, that's, what, that's the level that you're going to likely fall to unless you change your, like your standards. Mm. 
which comes through a long period of time. It comes like it's ingrained in your mind. So it's going to take a long time to rewire that, but it's obviously worth it because um, that's, that's how you grow as, as a person. We have to pivot into our next segment here, but what is the most ridiculous reason a girlfriend of yours has ever gotten pissed at you for got or started a fight over because oh i got God. some absolute doozies yeah. there's so many but i want you to hear yours <laughs> i don't think you've got me beat but we'll see. yours are great i've got a good one okay so in a relationship of mine in the past we had a dog well she had a dog and she got angry at me because i didn't apologize to the dog <laughs> What, what, had you, what had you done? I called the dog stupid or what something. What had you done that deserved an apology? Okay, so I called the dog stupid because the dog dogs are stupid, okay? And she was like, hey, that was mean. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> at her and I was like what? She's like, yeah, that was mean. I was like, yeah, no, yeah, it's so mean. She was like, say sorry. Uh, I'm not apologizing to a dog, sorry. <laughs> I refuse yeah, to apologize. I'm apologizing for not being sorry. Okay. I'm not fucking apologising to a dog. Oh, and then man. she blew it out of proportion, called me, like, selfish, and and uh, labelled me a bunch of other things. But, like... Yeah, I bro, mean... The dog doesn't speak English. Come on. I'm not apologising to a dog. In a million years, I'm never going to apologise to a fucking dog. Sorry. Sorry, but I won't be saying sorry. <laughs> um, have you ever got the one where it's, like, your girlfriend or girl you're seeing is pissed at you for... Getting with her friend in a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. She Dude, wakes up. I don't know how to. And she's like, hey. She's like, that's wait, I had a bad dream. I dreamt that you hooked up with my best mate. Yeah, and to and us, then it's she's like, pissed off oh, at you for that. Crazy. I'm like, like, that's crazy. And she's like, no, I'm mad about it. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I can't help you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry I, about that. I, I can't mean, help you. <laughs> I can't really solve that problem. Oh, that's oh, such dude. a good one. Towel yeah. on the floor is a big one. Towel on the like floor, Like towel, yeah. towel that hasn't been hung up. Yeah. That's, that's a popular... A pillow on the floor once, I got told. Pillow on the floor. On the floor. I, was, I just fell on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I got the best one. Sue though. me. I got the... Well, like, give me another one of yours. You got any others? Um, oh, I've got cheating in her dream. Yep. I got that one as well. Um... Uh, once she got mad at me for buying the wrong roses. Oh, wow. Yeah. So She wasn't happy about the roses. She just... I went in and I spent like $90 on <laughs> on red roses and they were the wrong ones. And then oh it was, I was the bad guy because I don't understand her. I don't know her at all. Dude, I, I feel that. I, this is the worst thing. I don't think you're going to beat this. So one of my exes, um, she was pissed off at me. Because I bought the wrong peanut butter. So I bought, I bought smooth peanut butter, but I did, she likes crunchy. And apparently I didn't know her at all because I bought her the wrong peanut butter when I don't think, she, I don't know, I haven't known her to ever eat crunchy peanut butter, but apparently I didn't know her for, in the slightest because I bought the wrong one. And that was, a, that, that was me being uh, unthoughtful. I didn't know her at all. And... Yeah, I was. I can't. I just. That is probably the world's worst boyfriend. I am world's worst boyfriend right there. How could you get her the wrong peanut butter, man? That's just fucking. Another one is like getting mad at me for not arguing back. 
That was interesting. Right, not engaging in a fight. Not engaging in a petty disagreement. Why aren't you, like, why aren't you arguing? Why aren't you mad? I don't know if anyone else has ever had that, but I was like, I'm not taking part in that. Um, and then another one is like, I walked in the front door after work and then said hello to the dog before I said hello to her. And then she, there was a there was a whole <laughs> thing about how much I don't Sounds like you've, date, you've dated some absolute winners. I haven't, yeah, I know. So young men and steroids. Yeah, this is a good one. So I know this is a topic that you wanted to bring to life. Yeah. We've so completely shifted gears here, obviously. So this is, I mean, this, this is whole podcast that, is targeted towards young people. A lot of them yeah. are into fitness. They want to look good and feel good, live a good life. So the steroid topic has come up because like, it's something that I've considered in the past. Never done it. Um, but it comes from a, I think deep down, I know, well, I mean, I know people that have taken steroids and like, performance enhancing drugs to make themselves look bigger and it's an interesting topic because i know that there are a lot of young guys out there they go on social media they see they look at physiques and feel as though they have to look like that so they put all the work in the world to get the best body they possibly can and it doesn't even come close to what they see every single day on their social media feed so naturally they entertain the shortcut which is steroids um and a lot of the time, they just think, oh, let's do one cycle. And then, you know, I'll see how What made you feel like you, you had to do steroids? Because, well, I mean, you know... You for look, the record, I've never done steroids. No, but what made you think, maybe I want to try this? Why do you think you want to look good? Is it to get girls? But the main reason that I entertained steroids is because I felt like no matter how much work I was putting in, I was never... I never looked like, you know, the Greek gods that I see on social media as much as like I'd want to. Now, we'll go into like why I even want that in the first place, but that came from, it comes from like insecurity, feeling like I don't look good enough and feeling like that's gonna be the answer to all my problems. And it is absolutely, could not be further from the truth. I know there are a lot of other guys thinking that, you know, doing a cycle is gonna change their life. And it's funny because in the gym, we train with people sometimes that will be like enhanced and a lot of the times they don't even look anywhere near as good as natural like gym bros who look after their diet get good sleep and just like work out regularly which I find really interesting and then there are other guys who are absolutely roided when you strip it back to my core values I'm a very health conscious person and ultimately I value that more than looking a certain way dude look at all the bodybuilders dying at like 50, 40. It's not really worth it. The problem is, is that when you're 25, you're invincible, literally. You can do anything and you probably will be okay. Yeah. The you can, you is, can hammer your body and put it through hell and it will just recover. We're, we're at a point where, you know, we're at our optimal health by default. So you can, you can get away with eating like shit. You can get away with, you know, injecting steroids and whatnot. And it won't, you won't pay any price. It's, it's a delayed cost. It comes after 50. 50, as soon as you turn 50, okay, your chances of all-cause mortality go up by nine times. Anything, like well, anything. They go up by 800%. Yeah. So you can be as healthy as you are in your 20s, but 
Your chances of dying from anything go up ninefold. Jesus. After you turn crazy. 50. Because by that age, your organs are older, your body's older, you're going to be normally susceptible to all forms of cancer, all forms like diabetes, heart disease, blood pressure issues, arthritis, all these things. Diabetes, all these things. So doing, you know, putting your body through, through hell at 20, 30, you're not going to feel it. And, every, and, and and then and it's you know it's it can be too late and I think like do we treat our bodies perfectly? No, we don't. I mean, we drink, you know, we we, we have fun, but I just think because for most, no, I, would say, <laughs> I would say we're definitely treat like not many people look after ninety percent of the time. Yeah, the, we, do, know, the we, do, we do. We do. We prioritize health and like. It's not about being perfect 100% of the time. Perfection no. is the enemy of good. It's about enjoying your life, but also understanding that, you know, there is a price to pay. You will pay it either now or later, yeah. right? But I think it, if we go back to the main reason as to why, a lot of guys want to do it because they want to look bigger, because they think that being bigger, like being more muscular, is going to be the answer to why they can't get girls, maybe, or why they're not as successful, or why they aren't as confident a yeah, huge one it's they honestly, think well I'm, I wish I was more confident if only I was bigger if I was bigger I, then I would be more confident if then exactly it's not if then no it's not have do be it's be do have right so it's funny though when you think about the results that you want getting bigger yeah it's you, looking good looking physically good does have it does pay dividends for sure, absolutely. But it gets to a point of diminishing return after you get, you know, your shoulders get so big naturally. Going huge is not going to get, it's not going to have a, the same, that will not translate into how many, how much attention you get from women. No, I think you, you, know, you, may, you alienate you yourself to a specific type of woman that really likes meatheads. Exactly, yeah. But for 80%, it. 85, 90% of the female population... It's not going to serve you. Yeah. And, and even then, there's always going to be a bigger guy. Yeah, that, that's it. It Literally, there's always someone bigger. There's always someone better looking, richer, smarter than you. Yeah. You know, no matter how hard you push. Mm. And like I said in podcast number one, the girl at the gym that you're idolizing, fantasizing about that you can one day talk to when you're big enough, just got back from Southeast Asia and got railed by a scrawny Irish <laughs> lad that's 19 years old. Yeah, yeah. Just remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that in terms of increasing confidence or if you do want to get better, I feel like you work on actually talking and socialising with more people in general, more girls, get your confidence up. Dude, Be run. okay with you to yourself just the way you are. That's what's going to increase your confidence. Join a run club. Apparently they're good for meeting people now. Yeah, That's they like really the new are. thing. It's everyone's a massive joined, trend. Everyone's doing run clubs now. It's like but I get trend, it because yeah. you're in a environment where people that show up at 6am on a Saturday morning they're probably people that if you are someone that wants to do that that you would get along with so and it's an uninvasive way to to meet people of the opposite sex exactly yeah. I'm all for it I wish there was somewhere to, to run in Ubud but really isn't so Moving on to another topic that we wanted to cover is like, what do you do if you start seeing a girl in, an, in another country? Because, you know, 
we are we do travel a bit what would you do what's the situation if you get to know a girl that you like maybe you see a future there even um and then you're leaving the country what do you do in that situation? yeah i've sort of mastered the art of getting into things with girls months before i'm about to leave the country to the other side of the world that's my that's what i i specialize in but i mean the thing is is i think if you're traveling if you're on a visa and you really don't know how long you want to stay it's tough because you want to meet people organically if you find somebody you connect with you you know okay well there is a time limit but you also acknowledge like you sometimes it doesn't come around that often so you just want to explore what it's like and i've been in many situations both in canada you know in australia and obviously you know where there's a time expiration date but for some reason you still choose to you know explore that and it's it's a tricky situation to, do, to deal with usually it doesn't end very well um i think now with being a bit more flexible with my schedule it's potentially less alarming less of a problem um but certainly like a handful of years ago it was i had been involved with somebody and in the end it was just like well i'll see you never i'm getting on a flight to australia and yeah realistically like i'm not going to see you for a long period of time and yeah literally the line is like look i hope i see you again but i'm not sure if i ever will yeah i mean that's the thing they have to be if one one of you have to be location independent at the time i was not so that was the problem now right now if i was to meet a girl that was from a particular country germany germany maybe 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 germany maybe maybe canada maybe anywhere really doesn't really matter but there is an opportunity to spend more time in that particular place given that right now i can travel a little bit more with working but uh it's a shit situation but it seems to always happen to me when i'm leaving so like in canada for example i could it didn't happen at the beginning when they you could potentially get a, a, a common law like a visa it happened like the last six months and i mean you you can't do anything about that and then in australia it was like okay well we can do something about it ended up moving across the world and then it didn't work out so yeah i think i naturally am more attracted to like non-aussie girls so i find like i have to be i have to be open to moving to another country i think and yeah that's just that's just who i am i feel like i mean look if you have to actually look at the last like four or five girls I've been remotely serious about. They've all not been from Australia. The only girl I've been with or that I've dated from Australia is my first girlfriend when I was 19 years old. So in the last 10 years, every single situationship, relationship I have been in has been a non-Australian person. Mm, yeah, yeah. And there's, that's yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... That could be a good spot to wrap it up i mean we're, so we're we about got a, nearly do you want to just, cover a, just under an hour i mean no nah, well, that's make, fine that's okay. no nah, we can do that in another well we've already we can do that in Ga- with gabby i guess talk about yeah do a round of eggs yeah so anyways guys i hope you enjoyed episode five um 
fairly off the cuff episode. We didn't plan too much of that. It was a lot of uh, random questions fired at each other. But um, yeah, hopefully, no, don't used. justify it. Just be like, thanks. No, but I hope you know, loved that. I hope like, you loved that guy. I hope you, it was a fucking great episode. It was a great. It was a great episode. Mm. Um, but anyways, that's probably a good spot to leave. Uh, leave episode five. Um, really hope you enjoyed that episode. We've got another one coming to you next weekend where we're going to be sitting down with Gabby again, um, who's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so we will be sitting down with Gabby the second time. Really hope, really can't wait for that episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. And message us for any questions or topics you want us to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. We love talking about, you know, we love hearing about your stories too. So don't be afraid. Message in at Vicarious, the podcast on Instagram. And until then, we'll see you in the next one, guys.